1: hey everybody i am here with banjo guy ollie how's it going ollie (laughs) good thank you very much for having me up. Thank you for doing it. I've been following your music for a long time now. I mean, you've really, been posting yeah, well. music in your videos for, it's got to be 10 years at least, right?
0: Uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I've been doing this for, I think, seven years, like 2014. Uh, All right, stuff. yeah, that about like, makes uh, sense. Uh, it'll be probably my eight years because it was February or March. It was March 2014. Yeah. I remember that because it was my wife's birthday and she was over. She was uh, mm-hmm. she was gone on holiday with a friend. And uh, so that's when I decided to start recording stuff here. So I wouldn't disturb her. <laughs> she wouldn't need, need, need to hear any of it. So yeah, that's how I remember. Yeah.
1: So I'm sure everybody listening knows who you are, but just in case you know, the, I guess the basic overview of what you do is you are a musician that does sometimes video game covers, sometimes other stuff like that awesome puppet thing. We're gonna have to talk about that (laughs) before this is over, (laughs) but, um, and, uh, you, you know, you very often use a banjo, but you also use digital music and all that other stuff as well. Right.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's moved. Uh, it's moved away from the banjo. The, the name is stuck, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's very little banjo, in fact, <laughs> most of the stuff I do, but uh, it was a good way to get started. Yeah. But yeah, no, correct. And it's, I'd say it's 99.9% video game music covers um, that I do, uh, at least on that channel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, is that your day job? Or are you a professional musician? Or is it just no, your no, favorite I, hobby? Yeah, I know. It's a hobby. It's it's at
0: at this stage just a hobby that pays well, but it's a hobby for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I have a, a full time job, a day job. Um, this is my desk here <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> with my work laptop. So I work from home, which is handy. But no, I'm um, sort of the support development uh, type of guy. So um, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I need something that pays the bill because even even with YouTube and all that kind of stuff, it it doesn't quite you know being a musician doesn't quite pay the bills.
1: Yeah. I think anybody that's ever tried to do it, even semi-professionally, has learned that very harsh and cold lesson.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure. I did. I did go full. I remember going full time back in. I think it was two thousand seven or six when I was still living in Dublin, on the east coast of uh, of Ireland, and I I I was playing music full time for about six months, and it was just it was miserable. It was. <laughs> probably my most miserable time in my life because it was just uh yeah i was just barely scraping a living and uh, just about paying the rent um and i was the, i was one of the lucky ones you know that could actually make money out of it but yeah it's a tough it's tough being a musician um all, although i would say with youtube and all that now it's probably a lot easier to at least earn some money or and, and if you're if you're if if you're gigging, if you're touring, or if you're doing just any sort of a live venue stuff, it it's a good supplement to uh, to that. But um, yeah, yeah, YouTube has changed a lot of stuff for musicians. It's changed again for a lot of people. It's changed the game for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I you know I'm a wannabe musician. I was in a band that got as far as you could get. Whilst like, you can't quite say we were successful, but we also got farther than most people I've ever known that did in a <laughs> band. So it's one, one of those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but It's kind of interesting because YouTube has been, and social media in general, I think has been like 99% positive for music in general. Yeah. But the one thing that I think is kind of hilarious, and I know I'm just a grumpy old man for saying this, I know, (laughs) but... It's funny to see the people who are really great at putting together songs and recording and putting together high production mixes and videos and they step up on a stage and they can't play shit live or oh, yeah, 99% yeah. of the tracks are pre-recorded of course. and you know maybe they're kind of singing along but they also have background vocals and they're playing guitar but they're doubling a pre-recorded guitar and it's like that, that kind of annoyed me because I'm I'm a just a big caveman imagine like the kool-aid man smashing through your wall playing a heavy metal guitar it's basically <laughs> me so I'm nothing special you know no one's ever gonna remember my guitar playing but every note was real mistakes yeah. or not and everybody there whether they thought we sucked or not was like well the fat one could play so
0: <laughs> it's a completely different exercise playing live and being a studio musician and to the point that you can you can be excellent at one and not be able to do the other you know either way it's it's being able to just uh, record on cue and just stay on the beach without any other reference other than yourself is also you know it it's it's an art in itself and it just requires experience but playing on stage as you know you know you need the nerves you need the focus you need uh, the, the practice like um you need the skills it's just you can't hide anywhere you know, it's yeah. A, so yeah, playing live is stuff. I used to play live a lot, but I was doing very different stuff to what I'm doing now. I used to play a lot of a uh, uh, traditional mm. Irish music, um, which is very technical. But you know, it's 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 a one genre. It's probably like bluegrass. You know, if you're stuck in that one genre, you you develop skills really quickly. So, and you you, you sort of learn faster that way. And because it's mostly played live in in sessions or in pub environment, you you get to play live and with other people really really quickly. So. Um, yeah, so it, it was very, very different for to to, to what I'm doing now, which is yeah, partly why I am wanted I... to do it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, one of my best friends is actually a school teacher, but also a professional musician that plays in an Irish folk band. Oh, so yeah, it's been, cool. You know, I've been friends with her my whole life, basically, and so I've been hearing a lot of these songs. I like them all, except Wagon Wheel. If I hear that song one more time, I think I'm just going to smash guitar with. through a window, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't do... I Like here, you don't really do a lot of songs. It's mostly tunes, like so jigs and reels and, you know, all that kind of stuff, Um. Yeah, I, I used to play a lot of. I used to do a lot of uh, guitar backing or accompanying, or Irish music in that case. But also a lot of flute. Uh, flute playing was my instrument. Not the. I wasn't even playing the banjo at the time.
1: <laughs> oh wow! So what was the first instrument that you started, and how old were you, I guess, too?
0: Um. Well, the real instrument was pro- was the electric guitar. I think I was fourteen. Um. But I, I before that I learned in, in music and in some music theory and through my MSX and my Amiga and on my computer, so I was making music like that. Or before I even picked up a real instrument, and uh, and I don't do that ever. <laughs> well, probably not because there's no trackers. But it's the most <laughs> it's the most unrewarding experience having to pick up an instrument and then because I used to do entire compositions on the tracker before, and now I have this thing and I can't get two notes together to play right you know it's just it's so disheartening <laughs> it was, it was it's disheartening. the
1: same with musicians who play instruments who then tried to go and play garage band back in the day yeah, it yeah. Was, that was maddening for me and so many of my friends like this is this is not the same thing stop bragging that you could beat me <laughs> a guitar
0: <laughs> yeah so that was yeah that was really my first uh, proper instrument like we did record her in school and you know things like that but that was my first a proper instrument that, you know, my friends could go, wow.
1: (laughs) You can't play those three notes together. What kind of music were you playing back then?
0: A lot of 80s rock. Mm. You know, um, uh, uh, the Scorpions. We were like three of us were mad into the Scorpions um, at the time. And then, yeah, anything from, you know, obviously um, um, Iron Maiden and Def Leppard and, you know, that kind of glam heavy mm. rock and uh, that was going around at the time um guns and roses is probably my favorite band of all time really if i'm honest but they came out even awesome, you know yeah. a bit later but geez that was a shock when they came out i still remember getting goosebumps yeah. when I heard that first album but yeah uh, yeah it was a lot of that stuff and then i sort of fell into the uh, um traditional music uh because i'm originally from france um uh, in Brittany, mm. in france so it's a small Celtic part of France. And there's a lot of crossover between Irish music and Breton music. So I don't know how it happened really, but I started learning a lot of those tunes, a lot of old traditional tunes from Britain and from Ireland. And then eventually moving to Ireland, I already sort of knew, look, an extended repertoire of Irish tunes. So I was able to just fit in really, really easily in a, in a session already. Yeah, I think it was in college. If I remember now, it was in college. I met some uh, some um, other musicians that played traditional music. And I had learned some on my own. Uh, so it was cool to be able to play with them in a pub environment. That was really cool. The first time I sat down and played with other musicians in a pub. And then you realize you can't play with other musicians because I never played with anybody else.
1: Yeah. That's always that was always interesting. The first time you play with new musicians, even even as you get more intermediate and, you know, touching into the pro side of things, it's just it's kind of funny to sit down with people, especially people who are supposedly pros. And it's like, geez, you know, it makes you think, like, is it really the combination of people or am I just shit or they just shit? Is it you know, what is it? But it's always interesting when you start playing music with new people.
0: Yeah, the first few sessions, you don't like. You would think we'll bring our strength together, but now actually, you just uh, you mingle all your flaws, and you know <laughs> the end result is absolute horseshit. But um, it takes a few, it takes a few sessions to uh, to play well together, unless you're super. Everybody's a super pro, and, but which nobody was when we were in college. We were all <laughs> very much amateur musicians. But yeah, that's um yeah. I've been, I, and I was. I think I was lucky to be able to learn fast and play with other people kind of quickly um irish music definitely sped up all that kind of stuff because you're you're playing with people all the time and then you're 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 swapping tunes so somebody knows that tune that jig or that reel you know you learn it and then you so you end up just learning a huge repertoire really quickly and practicing all the time in between sessions you know so it's just um For anybody who wants to get proficient at their instrument, I definitely recommend stuff. Anything like bluegrass, or even even old uh, you have the the, what is old uh, old time uh, music over in the states, which is sort of very much like uh, jigs and reels. Um, I remember I lived in I lived in California for about a year, and I remember going to a a few sessions uh, of um, old time music. Um, That's what they call it, I think.
1: Yeah. That might be the name of it. Yeah, yeah. It's weird for a country that's so young. There's so many different styles of music that are that are really like centered out of here and stuff. Oh yeah,
0: oh, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I I've been going back. I'm not so much recently in the past. Let's say six, seven years, but I used to go pretty much every year um, visiting friends. But I, I worked there in uh, in LA for about a, for about a year in 2000. Was it? Yeah. And uh, m- I met a lot of musicians and a lot of um, very sort of niche groups of musicians. So, so was obviously the Irish scene, the old time. There's a lot of bluegrass uh, stuff being played. And I I'd go to festivals and there was stuff from cultures I didn't even know were <laughs> in America. And suddenly there's a whole scene for it. And uh, and you guys have a, such a big country over there, like any even a niche kind of stuff. Like we see it in retro gaming, like a, a convention and suddenly you have... A few thousand people. Um, I, I, I was at a convention this weekend here, uh, Amiga Ireland, which is mm-hmm. probably our biggest one, and it was at most 150 people there.
1: <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think too many games and uh, the Portland Retro Gaming Expo were the biggest ones that I've been to. Yeah. And those were thousands and thousands of people coming. Yeah, it's, it's great. No, it's great.
0: So any any I remember any small venue was just bigger than the any venue I'd played in Ireland when.
1: <laughs> when Yeah, Yeah. it's kind of funny too, like when, you know, things are so sectional here. So if you, like I grew up, hour and a half two hours out of new york city and to see the gigs that we saw growing up the local gigs the, you know with the kids play and you know vfws and stuff like that for anybody that's here and you know you'd get 20 people and it's you know wow it was packed today and, <laughs> yeah then you actually go into new york city and you know live music ebbs and flows sometimes it's more popular than others but you know I, i've been to i played a gig once that was i thought it was going to be like a blow-off gig and there was like 75 people there I'm like whoa oh, well, this is yeah, awesome. There you go. Yeah. Nobody was there to see us, by the way. So it was, that was one of those like fight hard to earn any, everybody's attention type of thing. But uh, it still is pretty neat. Better than playing in an empty house.
0: Yeah. That's a tough one. When uh, I remember, like, that was my, pretty much my living for a while, just doing gigs to entertain people that were in, in the pub. So you're not, they're not coming for you. They're just in the bar or in the pub, and, you know, in the pub and you're just playing to just provide some background noise. And if somebody decides they don't, <laughs> like what they're hearing you know it's just it gets curly very very quickly so yeah it was a, it, it's not the most pleasant experience but it, it paid the bills for a while but i couldn't do it for too long how, how long did you play in the band or did you gig them
1: um, I was in and out of bands for a while. You know, everybody—I know this is an insulting thing to say—but anybody that's ever dabbled in pro music knows that most of the people you meet are very much artists and not very reliable. So every time I've started a band, been in a band, I've been almost thrown out of a band because I worked harder than everybody else, and that pissed them off, and they—they they took it personally. And yeah. so the last band that I was in was lasted like two or three years, and we—we uh, we were just about to get signed to go as the first act on. You know a, a tour huge for us tiny for real people probably it would have been like 100 200 people a night but uh and then that band imploded the the headlining band there so it was one of those and then it all kind of fell apart and uh, uh oddly enough i know i've told the story before so i'll skip through it but we we kind of kind of fell apart during the mix because the main songwriter is also a drummer so her hearing was shot for being a drummer all those yeah. years without earplugs and the producer was like late 50s. So his hearing was shot. So all the mixes I'm getting, I'm like, what is this sound? This is ear piercing. This I'm getting headaches when I listen to the mixes. But they physically couldn't hear it. And none yeah. of us knew that. So now we're months arguing with each other, lost all trust in each other. And it was nobody's fault. Because I'm going, how do you not hear that? And they're looking at me going is this a power thing? Is he trying to like, is he trying to be difficult because there is no sound. And then months later, you know, one of my friends who's also a musician sent me one of his mixes. And I was like, dude, I don't care how mad at me that you get, but you need to explain to me what the fuck is wrong with the song. And he's like, <laughs> come here. And he puts, a, a, we each put on a set of headphones and he goes, raise your hand. When you start hearing the sound, lower the hand when you stop hearing it. And it was a, a tone generator. And we both put our hands up at about the same time. And he put his hand down like 20 seconds before i did he's like your hearing's fine that's the difference oh, wow. so it was one of those weird things where like the band imploded because nobody trusted each other anymore because we all thought we were lying to each other and it was nobody's fault <laughs> so yeah yeah that was bands, close, though.
0: bands are tough in environments like if you if you if you think of all the bands that have come and gone, or, or that have ever existed. Like I'd say, I mean, I'm pulling this statistic out of my ass, but I'd say 99 of them have gone. It's you know, it's just very few bands last the test mm. of time, really. And it, it it takes far more than just music to gel a band together. Like I've, i one of my best friend here was in the band for about I don't know, I, I want to say 10 years. That was doing really well around the country. They were going to. Um, um, Europe did, did a few tours of Europe and one day sort of out of blue, bl- the blue he says oh no we just called it a day that was it and I said what happened like you were doing like really well like you were really busy and I said yeah but we can stand the sight of each other <laughs> yeah. and that was it that was it yeah. just touring together and you know and people and I said slowly it happened they sort of fell apart and weren't even like you know spending time with each other um, outside of gigs and um, what started is there's just a group of friends on a cool dream of starting a band and just slowly fizzled out. Yeah, because essentially you just spend too much time. And then like that, it was like artistic differences, which is a funny thing to say, but everybody is a diva to some extent, which so just makes working. It, it takes, it, it takes a, a proper hierarchy of egos to keep a band together. Um, mm. And some people willing to just, okay, well, you know, I'll, if he wants that, you know, just being, I was going to say subservient to somebody else, but more, yeah, a hierarchy of ego is the way I would describe it. You, you just need some people to kind of maybe recede in the corner <laughs> and leave decisions to other people, which is really hard to do when, when you've spent your life learning an instrument and, and, and you're so passionate about the music you're making and suddenly, yeah the singer wants (laughs) all the decision-making or the guitar player wants his slot here when it should really be a drum solo because, you know,
1: yeah, yeah. that was actually one of the funny arguments that we got into in the mix was I was, I was going, listen, I repeat this bar of the solo and we did it live again last night. And I just, people in the crowd were getting into it. And then I repeated the bar. I could kind of see them fading. So I think we should cut the solo in half. And she was like, no, I like it double. And the producer was like, Hey, I don't mean to intervene. I don't want to interrupt. But if a guitarist ever tells you that they want the solo shorter, you shut up and listen. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's, that's so funny because it's you know it's it just to fit the song better. So, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, you know, no one wants their parts cut out unless it really is the right thing to do.
0: Was it was it pre uh, pre internet or pre YouTube? Then your your music. Uh...
1: Oh no! It's um. It was 2015. All oh, right, so it's relatively recent. Yeah. I was one of those weird ones that I got out of high school, went to some crappy tech school and landed a corporate job when I was 19 and like did the business thing. I got to, landed another job that I got to travel all around the world, which was mind blowing for a poor kid that never went anywhere. And now I'm just all over. And then that job ended and I got a job where I worked from home with a ton of downtime. One of those, like, you know, you, you do system work, so you got to do a lot of click and wait. And yeah. I don't, I'm very bad at the waiting thing. It's one of the worst things, yeah, I have no patience with stuff, so that's yeah, why yeah. I started Retro RGB, and that's where I started another band because I was like, I need something to do. So I kind of oh, yeah, did no, the I reverse. Know. I did all the silly kid shit when I was like late twenties, early early to mid thirties.
0: Yeah, no, I certainly understand that. I can't. I need. I need about three activities at the same time. Otherwise, I just yeah I lose my head. Um, yeah, I've I have two channels. I have retro restoration and you know all that kind of stuff. Like I have a, a whole arcade room here, so I just. Uh, I have a lot of PCB repairs and monitor repairs as well. It's probably more <laughs> purely. Uh,
1: yeah. You want to talk CRTs. a little bit about that? Because I'm not sure if, uh, you know, it's very likely that people listen to your music and just aren't even aware of this whole other side of the stuff. That you do. <laughs>
0: I get the, I get that on the other side as well. people who follow the, uh, uh, it's called the eight bit man shed, that retro channel. I don't know. I'm making music <laughs> every <laughs> day. And then I get a comment. Oh, I didn't know you played any <laughs> instrument. This is, but, uh, you know, yeah, I so I run another channel called The 8-Bit Man Shed. Um, it's, it's relatively small. I think it's got, what, 7,000 or almost 8,000 subscribers. And it's uh, it's more a vlog, really, of of my just, you know, m- me fixing stuff that I have here or just picking up. At the moment, I'm very much into picking up broken synthesizers. So i um, fix fixing them. I have a video coming on a DX21 but also I I've I've about I don't know I think third 15 arcade machines so that comes with a good bit of maintenance and uh yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, so repairing the pcbs repairing the monitors and uh and doing full restoration jobs as well like woodwork and metalwork and that kind of stuff so yeah it's fun it's just it's just a way to document the hobby i i started it cuz th- th- these were the videos i was looking for when i started you know getting into arcade collecting because it's just it's time and money consuming so and i couldn't quite find any um so i was like okay well i'll teach myself and then document what i do you know so I, i started doing that pretty much at the same time as the the other channel the music channel and, uh, yeah, it's it's me going over schematics and just going, okay, you know, we got, a, <laughs> we got a MUX here sending, you know, this signal to here and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's very boring. It's a shaking camera, but um, it seems to be quite popular. It's actually growing faster than my uh, music channel at the moment. Uh, the rate of subscribers is actually faster on this one.
1: Yeah, um, it's funny you say that because I describe a lot of my live streams as boring as well. And uh, a lot of people, it, it, in a nice way, give me shit for that because they're like, no, no, it's only boring if you're not into this stuff. Yeah. If course, this was yeah. something you're interested in, it's not boring at all. So, no, exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I try not to, I try to overcompensate because i just want to make sure that people know the difference like hey here's this crazy fun stream where mike chi and i are going to go through retro tank features and hey this stream is going to be me testing the same thing a thousand different ways to make sure i don't screw up a review it's super boring so you know i just try to overcompensate on that side
0: yeah and there's a category of people who are really into that as well just as much as you are you know and very often even for those things i consider boring like people will tell me oh like even if i don't know much about it or you know follow it like I'll just have it in the background as <laughs> sort of a company while they're doing their own stuff like um but yeah I know i i know boring boring is a is, is a relative word <laughs> word <laughs> um I don't find boring but uh yeah there's some stuff i i't do like i'm i'm soldering putting together a, a, an amiga 1200 mm. uh, at the moment um the the re amiga so it's all smd stuff so you know i'm not going to stream that um i might document the the, the making of that but i'm not going to show the soldering part of things because it's just you know this is, I, i've put t- 300 uh, at the moment i'm kind of halfway there resistors and capacitors smd um, so yeah it takes a while so <laughs> the, that's boring
1: <laughs> yeah um what are some of your favorite arcade machines that you have oh outrun yeah. i just sold mine i, I loved loved yeah. that run
0: outrun definitely um i have
1: uh do you have stand up or sit down
0: i have i have a turbo outrun stand up and i have a an outrun stand up as well yeah i'd love a sit down i know i know a friend of mine bought one uh recently and it's just sitting in in storage um Place, uh, and he says, you know, he'll restore it. He'll restore it. He'll restore it. He'll restore it, and it's been years, and he hasn't done anything. And I'm, I'm secretly hoping he'll, he'll forget or you know get lose uh, interest in it and sell it to me at some point. Yeah, I'd love to yeah, sit or, down or, or trade it. You. Take
1: your stand up that's already restored. You get something to sit down like that. And, uh, yeah, there yeah, you go.
0: Like I have, I have a, a double scud race that I'm restoring oh. at the moment, so I'm putting a mame in one, and I might put an outrun in the other one for now just outrun and just you know play outrun sitting down it's not moving though that's the only thing yeah you want to sit down Yeah, down.
1: What, that that game still holds up to this day a hundred percent you know
0: it really does like I, I have turbo outrun and it you know it's aged um it's okay but it's clearly aged i have you know i've i can play anyway outrun still somehow stands up i have a chase hu as well i need to restore nice. um but yeah, i no, have a power drift it's age as well chase is okay but it's has aged to some extent but outrun i still find fresh every time i press that start button and you, you leave that can have, uh it still feel it still feels fresh like yeah yeah it, great game the second to that is probably arcanoid for me
1: oh cool yeah, yeah. i like that game a lot
0: love arcanoid and um, i have that in a it was a conversion because it was a, a, a conversion kit, Arkanoid. It wasn't sold as a single cap, So it it it, it was converted from a a dig dug. So it still
1: has a spinner in it and everything, obviously, right? Yeah, it's
0: a spinner. But it, yeah, they just changed the the panel.
1: Um, that's you know really
0: awesome. It, that's needed. Whoever did the conversion did a great job because it's non-destructive. So they've actually kept kept all the pins on the connector. Um, if you want to put a dig dug back, you just put the pin back in and and that's it. That's great. Yeah. So, uh, but at this stage, I'm like, well, don't really care for Dig Dug to start with, but you know, yeah. now I can sort of claim I have both cabs. I've an Arkanoid and a Dig Dug.
1: <laughs> you know, funny, the Arkanoid is another game that absolutely holds up, and I know a bunch of people that play it on their cell phone. Uh, just one of those, like, I got to get a couple minutes in line at the yeah. supermarket or something, and you know, it, it just it's such a basic concept that absolutely works.
0: Yeah, the uh, and the simpler the the sometimes the better it holds up but Arkanoid is certainly yeah it's it's cuz it's fun it, it's really hard but it's it's still fun even when it's hard um i have a donkey kong and and i'm the only one that plays donkey kong here you know people that come in they say, oh cool donkey kong they try it and go ah no, yeah, nah, let me play Arkanoid. um <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah i i mean people are going to hate me but i don't think donkey kong holds the same replayability all these years after as a, a, a game like Arcanoid, for for novices you know for people who just play casually or for people who aren't necessarily gamers themselves it is a you can access Arkanoid much much easier I find
1: yeah I completely agree yeah.
0: it's funny seeing uh, their kids come in the uh, in the arcade for the first time because their first reflex is always to kind of put their hands over the screen and try to make, you know, they think it's try a to touch, touch screen. It. They've yeah. never seen a CRT or even even a control. They, they don't even know what to do with it. And so it takes them a little bit to yeah, get used to it. Uh,
1: My absolute cool favorite was when a friend of mine brought her eight year old over and behind the projector over there is a 36 inch JVC D series. And I <laughs> pressed the power button and it goes boing. And the kid jumped back and his eyes buck out and he goes, is it supposed to do that. <laughs> so, i was laughing so hard i'm like yeah kid you're fine don't worry yeah i know i love it um
0: yeah there's something about showing kids i think they did they like they're all even if they don't know how to play these things they always smile and they always kind of laugh and because it's all the lights all the sounds there's something about that even uh like to us it's very nostalgic to hearing those sounds and seeing those big crts producing you know light but um uh for for kids yeah it's just the uh, the excitement of all those lights and uh, all those kind of noises coming from everywhere it's really funny every time they step into an arcade you can see them just going
1: oh my god yeah i had my nieces over a couple of months ago over the summer and I, I walked them in i was like all right <clears throat> what do you want to play and they're, they're just looking at me like "Well, what is there and i said well let's try a shooter so I just picked whatever top-down shooter was the easiest to load and they immediately got into it because yeah. it's just such a simple concept you know, you DC, control yeah. it with this, fire with this use your bomb sparingly don't get hit and they just they got really into it immediately because yeah. it was just one of those you know fun simple things that you don't have to there's not really a learning curve and it gets harder quick so you don't get bored that that easily and it was neat to watch that. That's fine. I wonder if their parents thought it was a violent video game or something, but, uh, you know, whatever.
0: <laughs> oh, it's far more violent. <laughs>
1: yeah, a top-down shooter is not going to turn somebody into a serial killer. Yeah, I don't yeah. think any video game would ever turn anybody into anything. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah, afraid.
0: yeah. No, yeah, no, I
1: don't think so either.
0: But, um, uh, what, what machines do you have, then?
1: At the moment, um, I've you know i I've, I've had a Mortal Kombat machine that I had to sell, a Neo Geo uh, conversion. I had just sold an Outrun, and I have a Sammy Video World candy cab that I have a vertically oriented screen in that I'm about to do a tube swap on it. And then I have a Sega Astro City, which I just got that I kind of get scammed on, but my friend Jose has been helping me restore it. And the final piece of the puzzle is the yoke needs to be adjusted because it's off. You know, you could see the red, green, and blue oh, yeah. pattern over it. And we hope... That's the I'd problem. say
0: that drives you mental. <laughs> yes,
1: and it's funny because I love the imperfections of CRTs. Yeah, as long yeah, as yeah. the geometry isn't totally fucked, it's it's. I, I yeah. just I've learned to just appreciate this is the experience. But like, I find myself doing this as I start course, to play yeah. the game, trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> it just annoys me. So yeah, that one. Uh, hopefully, we can finish that one up.
0: Yeah, I'd be more forgiving. Like, if it's glaringly obvious that it needs adjustment, that uh, you know. That it's, it's too blurry, yeah, of course, but uh, other, otherwise I'll, yeah, I'll probably be more forgiving going, ah, good enough to play.
1: Yeah, especially things with like centering and older games because Mr. really does a great job reproducing the original signal. So it's not like software emulation where everything can be perfectly centered. You know, Everything's sending their weird off-spec signal to it. So you know, I've had a couple of people come over and be like, hey, it's, you know, you're, something's wrong with your monitor. It's wiggling on the right side. And I'm like, that's exactly what it would have done in the arcades yeah, back in yeah, the day, too. Exactly, yeah. So you know, got to just learn to it. Well, oh, I
0: didn't it. know that, yeah. I never got into the Mr. stuff yet. Um, it's unlikely I will at the moment. It's still uh, very expensive and probably unavailable anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah um, the d10 comes you know you could get a batch here and there um, yeah. but I mean you're gonna want to get a good jaMA adapter so you're really looking at like probably 500 bucks worth of stuff to start yourself out oh, but, it's, uh, and, but that's only for jama stuff people love to say mr cost a thousand dollars it doesn't <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, for jamma yeah. you know you're gonna need you have to have the adapters for that one
0: so. 500 is still very substantial though um for because yeah. the, the use I would have and I, I have a few raspberry Pis with the uh, um that um here that thing the rgb pi
1: oh that's great yeah i have one of those yeah i think i gave that one to jose actually
0: yeah um i got a few now and what i'm I'm doing is just i, I put a one game in it because I'm, I'm just sick of repairing pcbs at this stage and um, mm. you know like when you've repaired the same pcb four or five times uh, with a different error or a different, you know, IC failing. Especially some of them are just littered with those Fujitsu ICs that just love to fail uh, one after the other. Yeah. Um, and it's not like you can replace like all sixty of them on a, <laughs> one PCB. Like it just you, you you fix the one that's bad, and if you see other of that type, because they're probably of the same batch, you replace them. But Um, so I've had so many PCBs come back on the bench, so I'm like, I'm just sick of it. So I just leave the the original PCB in there and I just put one of those, um, for casual playing, it's more than, uh, more than fine. But the cool thing is it's, it, well, probably not anymore because you can't find Raspberry Pi's either anymore, (laughs) but, um, it, it it was a relatively uh, cheap solution for a dedicated one game setup, um. Which the Mister, you know, obviously, if you pay five hundred euro, <laughs> five hundred dollars for a a Mister, you know, you're not going to run it as a as a dedicated uh, one game machine. You know, you you want that for a a multi multi system, multi core, multi game setup, really.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I wonder if someday there, people would find a way to spin off just individual cores to cheaper smaller FPGAs so rather so, than spend 250 on the i/O board it would be 275 with the full board with the FPGA on it that only has that one core and you know, maybe you, you even need a USB programmer to update it because it just does, does that one thing
0: so I have <clears throat> I have a th- one one board called jaMA MSX or whatever um, yeah but it's it's exactly that it's a guy called F- uh, fab F. Um, and he does a lot of MSX repros and, and you know carts and that kind of stuff. But he developed that. It's just an FPGA MSX. So it's just a one chip. And it outputs to a JAMA connector with a smaller resistor ladder for RGB. And, you know, that's it. Hmm. As simple as it comes. As simple as it comes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It, <laughs> but it's just so I have one in my cab where I can actually run my MSX game original cartridges and, um, and play my games uh, in an arcade set of um, environment All my MSX games. So, um, but I, I I was at him for like, to actually sell it or release the Gerbers. And he has, he hasn't done either of these things. So I don't know what his plan is with, with it. I'd, I'd love to see him first making some money out of his work because he spent a lot of time on it and, and also people enjoying his work because it's actually a great, great option. So stuff like that, I think would be, would be a, uh, would be fantastic, like single cores that I put to JAMA, and that's it, you know, on a single FPGA chip. And uh, and, and it's a drop-in chip as well. You don't need to solder anything. You just buy the little, little unit. I think I bought it for, I don't know, 20 quid on eBay, and that was yeah. it. Whatever it was. Um, yeah, re- really, really uh, cool thing. I don't have it here, it's in my room. But I have um, my friend, uh, Terrible Fire, just made this a while back. It's a small MSX you know the MSX computer?
1: I've never used one, but yeah. I am now aware of it because uh, w- that wasn't really something that we got here in the sure. States. So all of my friends from overseas have been educating me about that. And I've been you know, following all the good channels, RMC, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, Reese, Miss Bad Lemon, all those you know, great channels that, yeah. that go through those.
0: Oh, RMC ended up... He ended, I, I have the, uh, the Yamaha uh, MSX that he uh, showed on his uh, channel. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, he sent it to me afterwards. <laughs>
1: That's neat. Have you, yeah. Did you get a chance to go to the cave and check that out?
0: No, well, that's in England. So, you know, that's right. Yeah. I didn't know water, if you had a chance
1: water. to pop over or something.
0: No, I didn't know. And uh, God, I haven't been to England since I was a kid. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I didn't get a chance to uh, maybe, you know, I'd love to like at some point. I just met Neil at Amiga Ireland. He came over uh, for the weekend. So uh, we, we met for the first time
1: um that's awesome yeah neil's a good guy i like Yeah, him. He's a
0: lovely fellow absolutely yeah
1: was richard there as well
0: no 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 oh no, uh, yeah just...
1: he's richard's been working on a bunch of cool projects uh, i got to keep my mouth shut but they uh they don't stop working over there let me just say that
0: <laughs> yeah 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 um, he's certainly when busy you
1: do your, uh, oh sorry everybody this is obviously a very big uh, sometimes big delay with this so i apologize if i'm ever stepping on you when you start to talk <laughs> no worries no worries um
0: yeah no, go ahead sorry yeah
1: uh, when you do your arcade machine work, have you done tube swaps yet? And have you had to deal with, you know, switching chassis and calibrating it and all that stuff?
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, often, because most of the tube, I do a lot of, um, arc, like, raids into old operator stuff. So I just pull, mm-hmm. like, either machines or even, you know... I, I'm, I'm, I have enough machines, so I'm looking for parts, so old chassis and monitors. But mo- a lot of the tubes have that burn on them, especially the... The, the tubes that were pulled from poker machines, the old poker machines, you know, or gambling machines would have that burn because there was no screensaver mode or attract mode on it. It just stayed on that screen. So you can see the cards on the screen uh, uh, burnt in. So, but the chassis, the chassis itself is fine. It's just the tube is burned. So, yeah, I've been, you know, uh, people know me now. So whenever they they have an old TV <laughs> screen they uh, or tube, they, uh, they ring me or give it to me. So I've, uh, yeah, I've done tube swaps, uh, plenty of tube swaps. And plenty That's of awesome. This is the, the and...
1: first one I've done mostly myself. Usually I have, I either assist Jose or I'd hold his beer while he does it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, the one problem I've been running into is that, you know, the monitor I'm putting in sitting right next to me on the floor is a 24 inch. So it's pretty heavy. And the, um, the uh, mounting pins on the side, like the little clips that they <clears> have <throat> don't Quite line up to what's there. Oh yeah, that so can be a pain. I gotta like cut out a piece of cardboard that's in the exact same shape, so I don't have to hold this fifty pound thing up, and then I have to try to figure out how to make a metal bracket just to you know to put two two nuts and bolts in, to, so I can hold it. But then doing it that way, you gotta make sure it's centered because you could very easily get it to fit, and then you realize that yeah. it's slightly askew. So it's it's kind of rough. Any any tips for that?
0: I've uh, well yeah, I've done that once. It wasn't a big monitor; it's actually a fourteen inch. So. Um, it wasn't as heavy but just to keep it in place i have i've um i have a mig welder <laughs> mm, wow so i that's made awesome. a, i made a small bracket and just went zap 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 <laughs> and you know that's it
1: that is awesome
0: um gasless mig welder you'll find them for cheap on ebay just you know obviously be careful but yeah, it's it, it's very handy i'm not a welder by you know any sort of um trade or i didn't train or anything like that but i bought one one day on ebay and just you know watched loads of tutorials and practiced until i was happy enough that you know sanding and grinding could correct my mistakes afterwards but it was still you know solid enough to uh, to last for a few years so yeah I've always repaired. wear eye
1: protection anybody listening always always oh, yeah, i had yeah, a friend yeah, yeah. go blind for two days because he wasn't wearing it. he was just looking right at it while he was welding yeah and uh, i went over his house he was a little older than me and he was welding something. I was like, "Man, that looks bright. And he goes, "Don't look at it." Yeah, he's like, I, "You'll go blind." I'm like, seriously." I was young. I was like 15 and 16. Oh, it, and he, uh, it,
0: yeah, for real. Like it's, it's yeah. Don't look at it, and and wear protective clothing when you do it as well. Yes,
1: I've Burn made the mistake prayed.
0: to do uh, weld something in sandals one day. Oh. Yeah, this is a mistake I will not make ever again.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's going to sting.
0: Um there's a channel that I follow and I'm trying to look at it right now. If, if, if I forget it. But it's essentially it's it's people just making you know machine e- equipment in it's called discovering skills and sh- making like heavy duty machine equipment in Pakistan with hmm. So they have some, you know, equipment but let's just say health and safety isn't at the core of their concerns yeah. um so you're you're watching guys kind of solder or you know weld stuff and uh all they have is a little piece of uh, cardboard just to kind of hide the, the most of the delight wow. <laughs> um but yeah they're in sandals and shorts and robes and whatever and uh yeah. Yet, yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure there's casualties, and we're seeing the guys that have survived. But it's quite impressive <laughs> the way they work. Um, yeah, it's it, funny
1: when Electro Boom does unsafe things. It's not that's not so funny to watch though.
0: It's well, it's, yeah, but he's controlled. I mean, he knows what he's doing. At the same time, yeah, he's not like it, you see those viral clips that come on Facebook or or Twitter sometimes of compilations of him going, you know, being zapped and all that. And it's funny watching the comments. Of people thinking, oh, this old dad shouldn't be <laughs> handling electric. Now, the guy gets like, a skit, you know, the guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> of course.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's still funny as hell, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, because he's got that cause sort of dad face on him. Like, <laughs> that yeah. is, you know, has discovered, like, you know, batteries, but doesn't quite know how to handle them.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, those are always entertaining um you uh you mentioned you know your first musical compositions were using trackers and digital and, and you used to you still do some of that stuff as well on your main channel and everything um do you have any tips on how people who wanted to get started with that can can go because i've I've asked a lot of people that same question and everybody has a slightly different answer so i want to just keep asking it
0: tips uh, in what sense like what how'd you get started or
1: yeah. So like I have an Amiga or an MSX or something and I want to, you know, start creating music, but I just don't even know what to do next. You know, what, what do I do from here?
0: Okay. Well, I, w- I would actually say don't first, don't bother with those machines if you want to get started properly. Because the the thing people don't tell you when they, they compose is like on the Amiga, there's no there's no control C or control V or undo <laughs> control Z, all that kind of stuff. So. Get an emulator or get get a, a PC version. So ProTracker has a cool PC version that works exactly the same way, um, but will allow you, you know, better control and, and, and some amount of... Is there Control-C, Control-V? Oh, I'm not even sure. Or Octomed or... Yeah, get any tracker. And um, just load a few mods first and isolate the, the mods and see what somebody else has done you know first i'm very big believer of of if you want to get started in something just try to reproduce what somebody else has done first like study mm-hmm. that see what if how they've done it and it'll allow you to understand why they've done it that way and you know what the underlying logic and say so you see a tracker you see all those effects okay what is that letter for what does it do and it's i think it's the best way to learn just try to reproduce something that you like first and then make your own stuff after that but it's if you're so trying to funny, jump in and do everything to. yeah 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 exactly if you're trying to jump in and and just compose something you're going to be overwhelmed because you don't know the tool you, you you know you're not familiar with it and um, you have ideas but by the time you figure out how to do them you'll have forgotten them especially in music it's so fleeting like it has to be on the moment you know when you have a musical like you, you you're a musician if you how many times did you walk up an alley or somewhere or had a shower and you just thought of something you just thought of a line. Oh, that will be a cool riff. Oh yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I, I, as soon as I get home, I need to uh, record that. And you arrive home and you're going, uh, what, what yeah. was it? I, I can't even remember you have forgotten it. So know the tool first, reproduce somebody else's work, learn the tool that way. And then, and then do your stuff and then you can do it spontaneously because you don't have to worry about what's where in, in that software and, yeah, like you said it goes for so many things you know whatever. yeah
1: learning learning how to play a, an instrument you know you, you don't pick up a guitar and write your first song I mean, i'm sure there's somebody out there that did but yeah. mostly you learn somebody else's song to learn how a song is formed with your hands and even soldering i know a bunch of people that learned how to create and design their own boards by Basically, like buying a Voltar board, reverse engineering it, making it for them, not selling it, not selling a clone. But they got the in doing so exactly as you said, they learned they figured out why people did it the way they did. And now they took that knowledge and went, well, no one's done that for this PC. So I'm going to add a mod board for this one over here and and no one else has done. And it's it's very cool to see stuff like that. And it's neat to apply it to everything, basically.
0: Yeah, the, the cool thing with trackers is you don't necessarily need to know much about music to start making music with trackers because it's it's cut in numbers. So you have 64, 64 um, um, lines and it's essentially, you know, multiples of two and fours. And so you can actually count your way through a beat and go, OK, one beat here. Three spaces, one beat, you know, that kind of stuff. So you can you can do it that way and, and just um, learn mathematically how to work a 4-4 four, four time signature. And then and then from there, you know, maybe add a bass line, see what works, what doesn't. Maybe learn about chords. You know, why why are chords done that way on trackers? Well, It's because it's semitones and, you know, it, it, it goes so many semitones and so many semitones to get a, a, a triad or on a major chord or a minor chord. So you of you it's easy to learn that way with a tracker in a way mm. that makes sense and that it's kind of fun as opposed to having to learn with the piano. Um, it's, it's not a bad way to learn music. That's the way I learned music anyway. I I, I didn't have any sort of formal lessons or education in uh, in any of that stuff.
1: Um, did you have formal lessons when you picked up a guitar or did you just kind of
0: mess no. around with it? Yeah, I just messed around with it grew my hair and <laughs> just, <laughs> um, no I, I never really had um, lessons for any of these instruments um, I took but,
1: lessons for guitar for two three months I think when I was uh, like 13 and that was it I was just kind of couldn't afford to keep doing that but I you know I already my mom had bought me a weird weird guitar I loved it so much a Kramer Voyager it's like you know it, your first guitar metal, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It was uh I, I only play weird guitars now. I'm a weird guy, so it's perfect I play <laughs> crazy flying V guitars and oh, it just Coop. fits me. Yeah, it's funny that the the musician that uh, plays in that Irish band, I you know, the last band I was in, I was like, well, you know, everybody's always telling me how my look is wrong. I got to, you know, I don't look right. My guitar stands out too much, so I started I, with like um uh, like a Slash style LTD, and she came to see me one time and she, she was like, Can I give you a piece of advice? And I'm thinking, you know, she's a professional musician. That's, you know, she's a music teacher. I'm like, oh, shit. Here's some nerd knowledge here. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting her to talk about my playing. And she's like, you got to go back to playing your V's. It's like, why? She's like, you're just this big fat man with a little guitar. It looks weird. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit your personality. It doesn't fit. I was like, well, Slash plays one of these. She's like, Slash is five foot two. Grab a giant flying (laughs) bee and be Bob again. And I'm like, all right, fuck it. So I never looked back. Yeah. Also,
0: he's (laughs) Slash. That Dude could play anything, he'll, he'll look good playing it.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely! Flying absolutely. V's are cool,
0: They're, they I, they also make sense for like uh, access, of, like far up the neck.
1: Yeah, it also is. Um, I, I guess I'm cheating when I do this, but some of the tap, you know, and I'm not like a sweep tap guitarist, I'm not periphery or you know, any of those. But yeah. where if I have to do stuff where both hands are going crazy or I have to move, I'll. Uh, the bottom part of the V, I will balance up against the inside of my leg, so the guitar stays still as I'm yeah. quickly moving across the neck. Go. So, you know, it's I know it's cheating. It's like the save states of, uh, of guitar playing, but whatever. I'm still playing the notes myself. So there's,
0: there's no cheating if it works. That's that's almost
1: <laughs> And if you're actually the one playing the notes, if you're not miming to a, a track, then like you're yeah, not I,
0: I, I my whole channel is based around you know um, mistreating all these instruments and and playing them in. <laughs> situations <laughs> where they shouldn't be played so yeah the, the cheating is good trust me if it works
1: yeah i wanted to ask have you heard the band steven seagulls
0: yes 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 yeah no i'm aware I, I, for a while when i started the channel i think i think for about two years flat once a week somebody would send me uh their um thunderstruck or whatever <laughs> other thing they they, they did yeah
1: because it's um, funny you mentioned liking iron maiden when growing up yeah yeah, yeah. and we covered the trooper and i actually a oh, video yeah. of me playing a dave mustaine double neck guitar on webster hall in new york city playing the trooper it's one of my proudest moments and when i heard their version of the trooper i was just like this is amazing yeah like, this is absolutely true, yeah. cool so
0: <laughs> there was another band called hey c dixie hmm. um that did bluegrass covers of a lot of metal stuff like especially you know metallica and acdc and um. Yeah. But yeah, Stephen Seagal. They, they went viral for ages. Like, yeah. But for for every week for about two years, I was getting that video sent to me.
1: <laughs> that's funny. That is really funny.
0: So I, I love it, but also hate it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know, but <laughs> it's just, I'm not them. Okay.
1: <laughs> Especially yeah, when I, I did those, I, mean, uh... I wouldn't have even brought it up until you said no, I no. Maiden okay. and I was like, that's gonna be one of the best Trooper covers I've ever heard in my entire life, yeah. metal or not. So
0: <laughs> no, the, and it's really cool what they did. Like, it works really well and the setting as well is perfect. And uh but especially when I did those uh, Metallica and uh Rage Against the Machine covers. Yeah. Uh, I was getting them daily then. <laughs> People were sending me that video
1: daily. That's so funny. So can you talk a little bit about the puppet video? Was, was that like an ongoing thing? Did I miss something because I just laughed my ass off at that. I thought that was so good and so funny. I mean
0: like ages ago. I I got uh, the puppet is here, right here. Yep. <laughs> Simon. Um and and I, I was, uh, I think it was 2015, at least, yeah, when I got him. Um, yeah, I was just enjoying a few whiskeys and <laughs> just going on Etsy and see what was cool, and I saw the puppets, so I bought it, and it arrived here from Texas, of all places. Hmm. And uh, it arrived here, and I, I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do with that now? <laughs> so I did a few videos uh, on the 8-Bit Man Shed with Simon, and they were... Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible actor, so it's badly acted, and you know, whatever. But uh, kids enjoyed them, and my friends' kids still watches them. And then I did, uh, I did one video of Simon reviewing um, a Mega Drive, a Genesis game, uh, Captain Planet, and it's mostly swearing. Um, <laughs> so, but that was fun. I'll send it to you if you want to. But, uh,
1: Please do. I have to put that in the notes. <laughs> and
0: uh, <laughs> and. Uh, but yeah, so stuff like that, and then I started using him uh, when I was getting sponsorships uh, on my uh, my cover. So at the beginning of the videos, um, you know, I, I do I, I and I do my own sponsorships sometimes, or just Patreon and that kind of stuff. But um, I got a few sponsorships and, and, and equipment sent to me, so I'd use him as a sort of a sidekick just to uh, kind of lighten the the fact that it was a sponsorship segment, and that mm. worked well as well. So people kept asking for more more Simon. And one day, I did a track called "Square Roots" for um, the Stone Age Gamer podcast mm-hmm. for their intro, and uh, it was a, just a thirty-second little tune, chip tune type of stuff uh, that I did in Protracker actually. And <clears throat> so they, they liked it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it should be a full tune." So I did a full tune version, and I was trying to find a way to release it on the. On the channel with a video because i can't i don't want to just show the tracker playing i think i did once but yeah it's, it's so i wanted something else so I, I used the puppet to um just i don't know yeah do a little skit um <laughs> video with the puppet and uh, i think the one you saw that I, I reposted recently was the second one i did uh i think it was at the beginning of the uh, the pandemic so back in 2020 years something like that.
1: because i definitely remember seeing the puppet alongside you a couple of times at some other con uh in some context, but I had never seen that video, that specific one you put on Twitter. Yeah, I thought yeah, that okay. one was just hilarious. Yeah. No, I've
0: I've a few I've two of that squared roots and that squared roots uh two. And I have a few on the 8 bit man shed, but they're sort of hidden. Um they're not enlisted, but they're they're buried deep in the channel. So I don't know. Maybe one day it will be recommended. As soon as you start I'll send you that other one, the the review one then. I'm sure as soon as you watch that one, you will probably get a recommendation for others.
1: Yeah, that sounds right up my alley. Sometimes you just need silly shit to cheer yourself up. But I think that one's going to be perfect. Yeah, it's silly. <laughs>
0: the amount of people that hated it, um, especially when I did the uh, the sponsorships, um, when I say the amount, it's probably four or five people in, in the comments ever, you know. But that's always the stuff you focus on. You know, you could have five million people saying, "I love your stuff," but there's one guy getting it <laughs> that says you know you're a bit too old for that (laughs) you want to go yeah yeah
1: yeah you know that uh, the emotional response to that is something that still absolutely fascinates me and for me personally you know with everybody has bad days that's obviously probably the biggest factor but the when the video came out versus the comment is a big deal so i just you know i just spent 40 hours on a video along with my, my normal weekly stuff that I already do. And I I just painstakingly got every detail, right. Every oscilloscope measurement was down to the millivolt, and you know, everything was great, but I misspelled the title card and somebody jokingly calls me out on it. And I'm like, fuck you, your family, fuck your family's family. And it's like, if that comment had come two days later, I would have been like, Oh, I'm such a moron. You're right. Sorry. I'll fix it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but that's what you're concentrating on after all this work that's what you. so yeah it, it's funny
0: I'm, I'm very much the same and uh, the other one that gets me as well and it still does to this day is you, you re- like you said you spent two weeks on a video and every detail right you released it to you know you've made it up to a point you're happy with it for it to be released like uh, according to your standards of quality and and then somebody uh, the amount of time like it happens every video but somebody will go um do Donkey Kong Country next or, you know, or this tune when <laughs> and it's like could you actually spend like type five words just to acknowledge the work that was done and then maybe oh i'd love yeah. to hear donkey Kong like there's
1: a way to ask <laughs> for stuff absolutely and if you had seen that comment six months later you'd be yeah. like oh you know what? That's a good suggestion i'll add that to my list yeah, yeah. but day one yeah. yeah the seventh comment on the video is that and it's yeah. like come on can you serious? at least acknowledge
0: the work please <laughs> but it's yeah. just it's inevitable and people don't mean ill by it even when it's negative they think they're helping you know and you, you got to keep that in mind what i do if it's really uh, really sort of negative or even if it's just annoying me in any slight way i just delete the comment um and um, i have no problem doing that the reason I do, i've explained myself a few times but the reason i delete the comment is it's sort of out of sight out of mind for me um, mm-hmm. And people yeah. might call me out on it and say, you know, oh, you can't take it. You're right. I can't take it. So it's easier to delete it because two things are going to happen if I don't delete it. I'm going to reply to it and it's going to escalate. And it's it's good for neither of us. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to have a good day and I'm sure you do as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. let's not go that, that way. Or somebody else is going to come to my defense. And you both are going to have a bad day on me. And I don't want that either. So it's just easier to delete and you know go on my merry way and you go on your merry way and maybe some hopefully you won't notice or you know by delete i just mean hide the comment you know they can still see it but nobody else can
1: that is a very um that is a very level-headed and loving way to look at it mine is so much douchier than that (laughs) just pompous (laughs) and shitty my outlook is if youtube is going to force us to leave comments on and and not not promote the video if we turn them off because what if we just don't have time to deal with it and you're held responsible for some of the stuff that's in your comments. So if I'm being forced to do this, then I'm making it a safe place for anybody to come hang out in. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you could go on Reddit and talk about it. And I promise you it's definitely going to hurt my feelings. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my middle finger in the air of response to that. Or does
0: that option as well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah, it's, it's more, it's more, it's definitely because I, I can't take it and I don't want to have to take it. I'm 47. and you know, I, I, I do what I do. I don't do it for anybody's approval either. But at the same time, it's just I don't do it to get you know shit on, which rarely happens. I have to be honest. I mean, God, it's it, all day for me. It's yeah, a different world. It's why you, I'm just like, fair,
1: fair, fair, go fuck yourself, hide, yeah. ban forever. You know, it's just, you know, yeah, it's a... But that's true for any
0: sort of advice channel. And, and you know, like, that's what you do. You, you have... An environment where you give advice and recommend stuff and, and give your opinion on stuff, you know, like even on my retro channel, I don't give my opinion on I just this is what I do mm. done, you know, I, I, so I don't recommend really anything Um, I don't give my opinion really on topics or anything like that. But it's just it's it's not by choice. I suppose it's just the way I do things anyway. Um, yeah.
1: I think my favorite comments are the ones that are like, you're just lying about this product to sell your cables. Because <sighs> they're not smart enough to realize that retro RGB is not retro access or retro gaming cables. Yeah. The only thing the same about the three of us is there's the word retro in it. Those are the ones that always crack me up. Like I don't sell cables. <laughs> I never <Yeah>. have. <laughs> so my
0: friend Terrible Fire who makes the um he makes the the TF cards for the Amiga, the accelerator cards. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's how we became friends but a, a, a few years ago he had to literally delete all the videos on his channel and leave youtube for a while oh man was just getting people he was just getting yeah people complaining on his products and you know, I, I, yeah he was just non-stop and um so he was like okay well you know i'm i've had enough and that's he, he closed this channel because yeah, it, it's a weird. We talk about it quite often, and it's just I've I've told him. I think he's going to reopen his channel. He's sort of started already, but um, I, I told him just you know don't engage. First, don't engage. If if it gets to you the same way it gets to me, just don't engage. Delete the comment and move on with your day. Because some people are able to take it. You might be able to take it and reply back and you know fire back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wired that way. So it's like, yeah, let's, let's just. It's
1: it's a weird side effect of like. Never fitting in ever in my whole life. Like I hated it <laughs> until I was in my like mid 20s like I, my late teens. Like I discovered booze and drugs, and I just didn't give a shit about anything. So that was that was actually really yeah. really nice. But I didn't let it overcome me, so I was still able to get a job and work. And then by the time I hit my mid twenties, I was just like, I don't really give a shit. I'm me, whatever. But the side effect of that is like, I don't. If I know I'm doing the right thing, it's fine if everybody hates me. And the other side effect is I don't get the tribalism factor. You don't see me blindly join a side and wave whatever flag. Oh, like yeah. Wave yeah no, it's, popular. No. it's just me in the middle going, fuck you both. And I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I'm going to piss both sides off. So.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> doesn't help anyone. Just uh, um, being, yeah, if tribalism, like the way you described you know, it, doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help the people who are in team A and doesn't let the people who are in team B either. It's just, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I remember we had a discussion. Uh, with a, a friend with terrible fire actually who was here for me garland where we're talking about genres of music and somehow some people get really into metal or certain type of metal and just it gets broken even even more little smaller smaller tribes within that even like and everybody hates on each other if you like metal how can you like edm as well like it's you know you cannot you cannot yeah. like so it's just it's that form of tribalism and i i, I was telling him i said that reminds me of something somebody said to me, my one of my music and mentor. But I said that's people essentially who've taken themselves or what they like too seriously, or no, t- taken themselves too seriously uh, over what they like. And because I remember him saying about you know do something that you like, take that seriously, but don't take yourselves seriously. So in that sense, it's like if you respect the, your craft and 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 give it your best shot and you know, respect the music itself. In that case, it was music, but don't take yourself seriously because you're just one person. You're just a vector and it'll open you to other realms of music and other options and other tribes. So it's a way to avoid tribalism in that sense. Like, you know, just respect what you do, but, or, you know, treat it seriously, but not yourself. You know, you're just somebody among everybody else.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, the other thing being, you know, I, I joke about metal being born in my veins, just because I've always loved oh, it yeah, so much. Absolutely. But I love all kinds of music. Yeah. And one of the things that I found was that a lot of people who get that tribalist mentality about metal are people who put on the t-shirt that all the other people that they hang out with did, and put on the same course, shoes yeah, yeah, and yeah. grew their hair out the yeah. same way because they needed to join a tribe. They didn't actually even like metal. They just they needed to feel like they fit in somewhere. And for me, I just I was always you know in my pita shit old 79 camaro with the windows down and you could maybe see me horns up listening to death metal or you might see me you know dropping a tab of acid listening to aqua which is still amazing yeah yeah <laughs> still, or matter
0: so. absolutely i love edm in general like i've you know there's yeah. a few synths here and there's electric guitars here and you know so it I, yeah no i love all, all all type of music but it's even beyond that like i do a lot of uh surfing here and My worst, I was going to say earlier about Tribe, like as gamers, you know, it's, Mm. we see the Pac-Man and Nintendo t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. I don't have any of that (laughs) to start with because it's just one of the things I do. Like I like playing video games and obviously my channels are geared towards gaming in general, but it's just, I see it as just one of the things I do. The other thing I do is surfing. I, I surf probably more than I play video game or play music. Um, and I, I I wouldn't want to hang around surfers, <laughs> no more. Than I would want to hang around um, gamers. Um, the same thing. Like I, I used to teach um, um, and practice judo and karate, but uh, not teach karate. No. But um, so, uh, but yeah, I'd, you wouldn't see me hanging around with just a martial art. And martial martial art crowds, it just it, that would be my idea of hell. Just talking about that one thing. I'd rather you know hang around with somebody I have nothing in common with, and and and, and talk about what they do or explain to them what it is I do as well. Like I find that much more interesting than just sort of uh, staying in that little circle where it's the same conversations every time. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I find the people I get along with the most are people that when I ask a question. They don't automatically assume that I'm, I'm criticizing or, or wagging a finger at it. doesn't really matter what subject Ooh, we're talking yeah, about because yeah, you could come in and, you know, it, I know, tone of voice, body language is a lot. But you could come in and be like, why do you listen to metal? And it would be very easy for somebody to be like, why don't you go fuck yourself? (laughs) Where it's like, you know, sometimes questions like that are valid. And, you know, sometimes the answers are are things that people have never discovered. Like, well, you know, my ADD brain and the complexity of the music, plus I'm a guitarist. And I've had people hear that answer and go, you know, I'm kind of like that, but I don't really like metal. And I'm like, well, you got to yeah. check out Rodrigo y Gabriela, check out most yeah, uh, yeah. Spanish music with dance beats to it. You know, and it, it's it's interesting and it's just music's the silly example, but the easy one because of this conversation. But it's still that applies to every, every type of open minded person I've spoken to is I just love asking questions and hearing their answers for yeah. like everything like that.
0: And you know, it's, it's one of the reasons I started this music channel as well, the Banjo Guy, all this stuff. Because I was, I, I was at a point where I was kind of, not done, but I wanted to get out of that realm of traditional Irish music or Celtic music in general. I, I'd been involved with it for years and I needed something else to excite me musically. And I pretty much, when I moved to the West Coast of Ireland, I pretty much stopped playing music um, for a few years. I was painting. I was a. <laughs> I was painting uh, for galleries. But anyway, um, that's awesome. I was a, I was. I wasn't playing any music at all. And then I saw. I remember seeing Smooth McGroove a video of Smooth, Smooth McGroove doing his a cappella covers, and I was like, oh, "That's really cool." Like, and I was. I, I admired the fact that the guy just went, "No, oh, this is the music I want to play, and I'm going to play it." So that's when I I tried, you know, I I waited for my wife to be away and (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) one weekend and I recorded uh, a few tracks like that. And uh, yeah, it it obviously worked, but it was just a way for me to learn something different on all these instruments, learn Mm -hmm. new scales, new waves of playing, and entirely new music. Because the beautiful thing about video game music is that it's not a genre. Like There's there's not a, a, a genre per se as video game music. It's a collection of things and and within that, there's entire genres that exist only in the video game music sort of world, you know. Um, and it 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 has a history in everything. It borrows for from every register possibly conceived in music and adds to that and created its own stuff as well. Like some of the tracker music is only tracker music, like key gen type of music. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it only exists in that little realm, you know, not, nowhere outside that realm. I find it fascinating and just. Um, yeah, it, it 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 it's a it's a, and I try to explain that to people. I'm still in contact in the more traditional music realm of where they play only one style of of telling them because they laugh at me going, "Oh, you're playing those little Irish, you know, um, video game musics on YouTube." I said, "Well, it's it's much deeper than that. They're actually very rich and dense and, and really interesting compositions."
1: Yeah. And, uh, so can i ask how you got into surfing because that's something as somebody who grew up on the east coast of the u.s that is just a foreign concept i guess maybe if you'd gone down to florida you could kind of Cocoa beach sort of get into surfing but around the new york area but, you know, anybody that says they, they're from New York and they surf is lying to you. They do the little bodyboarding and they have a one foot wave. And, they're you know, that's, no, uh, no, somebody no, in the comments no, no, is no, going to no. be like, I'm going to stab you in the face when I see you on the beach <laughs> I, I the next time. I would stab you in surfer. the face <laughs> if I see you on the beach, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, it's, you know, compared to to waves around the world, it's, you know, you don't surf in New York, basically.
0: You you do. and um, Anywhere there's, wave, there's water, you, you do get waves. It's just... Any any amount of any body of uh, water will generate some waves at some. Especially the Atlantic, you know, you'll have waves everywhere in the Atlantic. I've seen a great wave north of, uh, I mean, Cape Cod, first to start with, you know. Yeah. Um, and I've seen a, a, a great wave north of that as well. I can't quite remember what it's called. It's got that sort of a, uh, not Galilee or something like that. It's a, it's a it's sort of fisherman area. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I've seen the beautiful uh, waves there, and the place was full of surfers. Um but how get into surfing uh,
1: and well, how big are the waves there too just so we could kind of paint a picture for what to expect because once you get down to jersey and like you said north cape cod once you get to those areas yeah i mean you're definitely going to have times of the year where you have yeah. bigger waves but not especially none in long island sound and oh i see not what you mean no no no, no that's not yeah. going to happen there no
0: <laughs> yeah um so yeah, well, sorry. What was your question then?
1: But like about how big are the waves around where you surf in the? Uh, oh, or, uh, so this, in this the Dublin this, Ireland?
0: There, yeah, I'm I'm on the west coast in uh, Galway. West coast, yeah. and uh, it depends. Like the, the where I go surfing, it's 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 a beach just nearby. It's handy because I can just go surf for a couple of hours, come back, and still get on with my day. Um. So I don't know, up to head high type of waves overheads mm-hmm. you know on, on a good good day it's usually, awesome it's usually waist to chest high type of stuff um then the road from that is a place called eileen's and people are using jet skis to get towed into 25 30 foot waves
1: oh, <laughs> that stuff fascinates me uh
0: oh, yeah wow. yeah like like i've surfed all my life i started when i was Again, fourteen or something like that, and uh so I, I sort of know what I'm doing at this stage in the water, but uh big wave surfing is different different exercise and I know a few people that go surf those big waves and they're they're just wired differently you know it's the difference between like I've done judo all my life as well you know I have a black belt, I've worn a few hmm. you know all Ireland that kind of stuff like i you know i i I was okay. But it's the difference between doing that and going into MMA. Mm. You know, it's just you, you need to be wired completely differently, and it just their, their fear kind of response is completely different to mine. They actually sink mm. that thrill. Uh, I don't. I, I like if I'm uncomfortable in the water at any point of time, I'll, I, I'll I'll leave or I don't even get in sometimes. But they'll just go, "Oh my god!" I'm oh, this, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's get in. Their, their, their fear response is completely different. It, I find people like that fascinated but because they they just uh, they, they operate on a completely different level from you and I my one of my friend neighbor here just rode on a big kayak that she can sleep in but rode from um, uh, Ireland no from the canaries um in the south of Morocco to America. she, she rode across the Atlantic on her own.
1: Holy shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is That That is a healthy response. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is a very healthy response. (laughs) Her response is she wants to do around the world now.
1: I mean, I I love the passion for stuff like that. And I think we all... I definitely strive to do that in my own little way, but I can't fathom stuff like that. No, like no, I've no, raced no, motorcycles before and I've had people look at me like, so you want to die, right? Like, yeah, no, yeah. no, the opposite. I do this because I love life. Like, what are you, crazy? So I, and I, it's funny now that I'm having that same response to your friend, even though it's the same thing people had said to me. But yeah, that's not, that's not for me. Good luck. Yeah. You know, it, and, and
0: it's, I know her. She's just, she's wired differently and, it's if, if people like that are fascinating to watch how they operate life as well because they're they're well able for some stuff, but they're completely socially inept for other stuff. It's just, uh, yeah, they, they, they live for that scenario in that moment. Um, a friend of mine is a, is a firefighter and he surfs those big waves, and he's, yeah. He, he he sees like a 30, 40 foot wave and just gets excited and giddy and he's scared as well. But just the fact that he can overcome that and just override that fear is just, hmm. I, I, I don't get it. I don't have that.
1: The, yeah. I, I kind of, I've, I've had moments of that, but I don't think that's me as a person, but the, the wave thing, I, I if I grew up in a place where there were waves, I would absolutely be a surfer. There's no doubt in my yeah. mind. Every time I saw anything like that on TV, I would always watch stuff. I followed Kelly Slater since before oh, yeah, you, could, yeah. you know before you could do that. I know that's the easy one, right? Baywatch and shit. But still, you know, it's, uh, it's it Kelly Slater. He's
0: he's been world champion eleven times. Like there's yeah. nobody else in the world of sports that comes close to that level of achievement.
1: Yeah, it's just you know I've even watched... somebody
0: like Michael Jordan or just doesn't come close. Mm. Like he's he's yeah. He's, yeah well, that's he's, stuff's great he's won more world titles than people have won events <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's that's crazy it's yeah. just it's so impressive and so weird and just you know the balance but you, you got to be aware of everything you know at least on a motorcycle right i could on a you know on a well-balanced bike i could do this and the thing's not moving at all the bike's <laughs> not moving i just keep my butt Centered, you can't do that. A, <laughs> you can't do that on a surfboard. You yeah, start waving a, your there's arms. Around. A,
0: there's a very high barrier to entry before you get to surf a wave properly. But it's the, the cool thing. I the thing I like about surfing is that it's fun even when you're bad at it. Because it's the sea, it's the water, and if you if you go surfing mostly in summer, then you just get the blue skies and it's just very festive and summery. And so the, there's something about that that just makes it fun. Anyway, you're in the water, you're happy out. Uh, so surfing is is a fun activity, even when you're bad at it. There's very few other sports that are fun, even when you get, you know, if karate is, or martial arts isn't fun when you get beaten down all the time, you know, and Funny, done, that's
1: the exact example I use about video games. Like I, <laughs> I go up against my friend Arturo all the time and he, always whoops my ass, but you know, he'll do it in a way where maybe he's gonna use a character he doesn't normally (laughs) use, practice some moves where I'm just trying my butt off and you know, you could get your butt kicked at a video game ten times in a row and still have have an amazing time. Whereas you go to a judo match and get your butt kicked ten times in a row, it's not not so fun, I guess, if you're not really good at it. So yeah, that's yeah. a good thing. I, I got to think about that with surfing Then, if I'm ever in an area, that could so, do it. I would love to just try it once because I've done the body surfing, but that's not the same. Just a fat guy well, balancing that's, that's, on a board. Like
0: it's... That's still fun, you know, body surf because you're getting tossed around in, in, in waves. True. Like it's still very enjoyable. I do that um, even like if there's very little, no surfable waves. I have like hand planers. Like mm-hmm. little boards that you slide on your hand and just surf waves like that. Like, however oh, way, that's neat. yeah, however way I can, <laughs> the washer. I, I don't off- even know
1: that uh, was the thing. Yeah, the hand boards like that.
0: If you watch uh, a man called Jamie O'Brien, um, uh, he has a he's a big channel. He's coming to a million subscribers on this channel. He's one of those surfers that kind of said "Fu" to the, uh, the the tour and decided to do some stuff, and he's embraced YouTube really early on mm. and kept at it and he lives on the north shore of uh, oahu so he's right at pipeline he's a, he's mr pipeline um and he's got a regular like once a week it used to be twice a week once a week he releases a, a new video and it's just it's it's hawaii it's it's warm water blue skies and uh, and him surfing some of the most dangerous uh, breaks on the planet but whenever he can't surf he uses those uh, hand uh, planners stuff as well and just gets in the water how every way he can yeah
1: that's cool i just looked up his channel and left myself a note yeah. for that so. yeah
0: it's, and he's a very enjoyable uh, uh character he's a very happy-go-lucky type of uh, type of guy but i, well, I admired what he, he did which was just went no i'm gonna craft my career for myself outside of the the tour he did a few events and tour for a bit but Kind of shied away from that and uh, this, uh, and embraced YouTube as a medium to uh, earn a living and, and promote you know his brand as well. He's got a clothing shop and that kind of stuff and, and That's uh, cool. affiliate stuff. So yeah, it seems to be going really well for him. Um, it's it's cool to watch. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's the water temperature like in in Western Ireland like that? because
0: I don't know in Fahrenheit, but it's at the moment it's uh, eight degrees Celsius. So that is what. Um, so do
1: you normally have to wear a bodysuit then when you go
0: oh yeah you're you're in (laughs) all year round like it's it's uh yeah i have a way that was
1: one of the things that really got me when i was in the first time i went to san diego it was like 80 degrees i forgot what that is in celsius too i used to know when i would travel around the world but um, so it's 46 at the up. oh
0: yeah that's chilly i was walking
1: down the beach and there was like two tiny little kids playing in the water and i was like oh that looks nice and i took my shoes off i rolled my pants up i got one toe in the water and my entire soul went, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is freezing. Yeah, so, yeah 46
0: at the moment. I've surfed in I'm just doing the conversion in in 42 degrees uh, water before. And in summer, it. you'd be lucky if it gets to 60.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's cold. That's very cold. <laughs> Like uh, you know, I was in Puerto Rico once, and stepping into the water was like the same temperature as the air. Yeah, you know, you do that thing where you you put your foot in, and you're like, "How cold is it going to be?" And you're like, "Now I'm up to my knees," and I'm like, "Am I even in? Wow, this is amazing!" Yeah, (laughs) yeah. We
0: went to Hawaii on our honeymoon, and it was the same stuff to us. Like, and uh, I've seen somebody not getting in because they were saying it's too cold, and and my wife and I (laughs) would literally run in and not feel a difference between the air and the water.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, that's definitely more more for me. It's like that, and uh, I went to Jamaica once too. It was kind of like that there as well. You can go just in the middle of the night, just walk right into the ocean and it's yeah. nice and warm.
0: But yeah, no surfing. I recommend it for any anybody that. It's like you said. It's just fun. Um, rega- even if you get your ass kicked, it's just fun. It's great with you stay in shape. Um, uh, burn so many calories every time you, you have a session like I, You know, I, I'm at the stage. I'll stay four hours easily in the oh, water wow. so yeah you burn you burn a ton of calories um so you can have a pizza afterwards and <laughs> not even put on a, a single gram of, uh, of weight that yeah. sounds
1: like i need to start surfing <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh you yeah, know it, it, it's a fun one like I've, I've done a lot of sports in my life and and a lot of martial arts as well which you know it's another great way to stay in shape and but it's it can be it's it's a lot more mentally tough than uh, surfing would be yeah it, it's it's the most fun thing i've ever done I and i would actually even say if you, if you put a gun to my head and ask me to choose between me playing music and surfing i'd, I'd pick surfing anytime if i could hmm. do that one thing for the rest of my life yeah definitely yeah That's now awesome. you'd have to guarantee me perfect waves every day but yeah <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> it may be a little warmer water yeah, for yeah. you yeah <laughs> Well, um, so obviously I'm going to be linking to your Patreon, of course, because anybody that wants to support you, that's always the best place Indeed. for people to go. But if you're not in the position to do that, everybody, you know, consider telling other people about it. And at the very least, subscribe to your two channels. I uh, will be subscribed to the second, the moment as this, uh, the moment <laughs> this ends. I did feel silly that I didn't for, uh, think to check that beforehand. I just have been following your music for a while. So, uh, but is there any other place that people should look for you and uh, any other events or anything you have coming up that you want to talk about?
0: Um, not really. I'm working at the moment on the on the music for a game, but I'm under NDA, so I, that's it. <laughs> so, no, that's, that's all I can fair. say. And um, yeah, Twitch. I, I stream pretty much every day on on Twitch. Um, it's a, it's a radio, so it's just the covers back to back, just playing. Mm-hmm. So like Monday, we just play uh, stuff from 2015 and or 14 up to 16. Tuesday it's 2017 2018 that kind of stuff all the way through the week that, that way and uh, I'm present in the chat it's just you, we just um communicate in the chat there so if you want to just have music in the background when you're working away from home or doing anything um you can join in that um and other than that no i yeah Twitter Instagram patreon YouTube banjo gaiali that's it
1: Cool. Well, I will put obviously links to all of that stuff thank in you. the show notes, but I always like to talk it out too, in case you're <laughs> like me and you're you're doing a million other things while you're listening. At least you could hear in the back of your head, like, all right, I got to get up to Ali on, on Twitch now and make sure <laughs> I can subscribe. So, well, thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you very episode. much. That was fun. Yeah. It's a very fun chat. Next time, uh, you got it maybe after your uh, your video game soundtrack's done we could just do a fun little follow-up and you could talk about what it was like to do that and talk about how it, how it, how it was. I'm, I'm
0: excited that'll be the second video game i i uh, I, I worked on so and that'd be cool
1: perfect all right well thanks ollie we'll talk all to right, you dudes. soon Bye. all right